This is The Guardian. I'm Jane Lee, coming to you from Wurundjeri land. And this is the full story on possibly one of the biggest studio mishaps in rock and roll history and the US band Steely Dan. It's a story that Full Story producer Joe Koning has been following for over a year now. The story has everything you want from a good mystery. It's got a long lost song, a mysterious cassette. It's got twists, it's got turns. Today, Joe brings us what's been called the most important cassette on the planet. I don't know, it was like, all of a sudden we were in the movie National Treasure with Nicolas Cage. And I was like, oh my God, okay, what are we gonna do with it? But at the heart of it is something more. It's about love and loss and grief and the lengths we go to to remember people after they're gone. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Finding your perfect home was hard, but thanks to Burrow, furnishing it has never been easier. Burrow's easy to assemble modular sofas and sectionals are made from premium, durable materials, including stain and scratch resistant fabrics. So they're not just comfortable and stylish, they're built to last. Plus, every single Burrow order ships free right to your door. Right now, get 15% off your first order at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's 15% off at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hi. Hey, hi. Joe, right? This is Simsy Nichols. It's, it's Simsy? Perfect. Her dad, Roger Nichols, was an audio engineer. How's it How going? Jinx. In August 2020, she's going through all this stuff and she sees this old but familiar cassette. I would I would see it in the desk during a move and I'd be like, what's this tape? Oh, it's that. Okay. And then you just put it back in the drawer and you shut it. But this time, instead of shutting that drawer... It was just one of those moments where I was like, what do I do with this? She takes a photo and posts it onto a Facebook page that she runs in memory of her dad. I didn't think it was that big of a deal. And then within an hour, her post spreads across the internet, picked up by fans of the band Steely Dan. So I realized pretty quickly that it was uh, way more important than I thought it was uh, once uh, it, it went viral. I started getting multiple messages every day. People were freaking out over the tape and its existence. And I was like, what? People are saying things like, This was the most important day in history and it was the most important cassette on the planet. Written on the case of the tape were two words in capitals. Second and arrangement, abbreviated to ARR. People were commenting on it. They were saying things like it being the holy grail of all Steely Dan things. You see, on the tape was a possibility a never-before-heard recording of a song that was lost forever. Someone made a meme about, it was uh, from The Lord of the Rings, it was one of the hobbits holding the golden ring, and I was the hobbit, and the gold ring was the tape. 
And and it was really that meme where I was like, whoa. I was like, whoa. What is this? So I put it in my safe. The story of the second arrangement starts way back in 1979. Steely Dan were in the studio recording their seventh album, Gaucho, and Simpsy's dad, Roger, like he had been for the last six albums, was the head audio engineer. Well, so I was going to see if my mom popped on. If you want to talk about the second arrangement, she's a great first person source that was there when it happened. Okay, well, let me see if she can come on them. There's my mom. Hello. Nice to meet you. Hi. How are you? Connie Nichols was also in the music business. She was a singer. Throughout her career, she sang with John Denver and she toured the world. But in 1979... I was very distracted. She was taking a break. I really didn't care. I was getting ready to have a baby. I could care less about their whole scene <laughs> at that point. And there she is. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, let's start from the beginning. You want to go, can we tell you the story then and get to that? Yeah, yeah. Why don't we go all the way back? I guess like in on the... In the beginning. Yes. Anyway, so it was December 1979. Yeah, and um, <clears throat> I'd already known Roger... Over a year. So on that day, Connie says she remembers Roger coming home from work early. He walked in the door and he was pale and looked strange and couldn't talk for a minute. The reason why is maybe one of the biggest studio mishaps ever. He was like, well, what happened? Somebody die or what happened? And he said that somebody had erased the song they had already spent about 80 grand on, which is a lot of money. And many, many months. And they were almost done. The song was looking like it was going to be a hit. Producers were talking about it being the first single off the new album. And right at the end, an assistant was meant to get the track ready for everyone to listen to, to make sure everything was finished. But instead, while setting up the tape, they accidentally recorded over most of the song. And there weren't any backups. Gaucho's producer, Gary Katz, had to break it to the band. They walked in the studio and Gary Katz said, I've got some good news and some bad news. The good news is that you can all go home. We don't have to work today. The bad news is the second arrangement was deleted. (laughs) And nobody said anything and it was so upsetting. Got some good news and some bad news. Roger was devastated. Even though he had nothing to do with it, he had some felt some sort of shared guilt just because it happened. You know, it's like you're not there, but you still go down with your ship, right? Was he was he angry or Oh, he was beyond angry. It was actually it was really a traumatizing experience for them. Those guys really spent a lot of time making sure things are perfect. Will you welcome Walter Becker and Donald Fagan, who are Steely Dan? (laughs) Donald Fagan and Walter Becker of Steely Dan were known for their particular approach in the studio. By 1974, they had retired from touring just to focus on writing and recording, which was unusual. In a 1980 interview for the Robert Klein radio show, it's the first thing Klein mentions. How do you like that? Since you fellows never face your public, this proves people are listening. 
Say hello so we know you're here. That's a hell of a round of applause. You really are doing it basically in your own terms, meaning you take the time you need to make what you think is the best you can do and avoid the things that uh, appeal to you less. Does that make any sense? It sure does. It makes a lot more sense than what we were doing before that, which yeah. was doing it on someone else's terms. Yeah. They were also known for their meticulous and obsessive approach to recording. Every little detail had to sound exactly like they heard it in their heads. You have no idea how many engineers ran out of the room. Studio sessions with them could just be sometimes recording a few words of a phrase over and over and over again. Donald would go, again, again. We'd say the word and then he'd go, again, without even listening to it, again. And that would go on for days. But that sort of thing didn't bother Roger. Gary Katz, who produced Gacho, once described him as being, quote, extraordinary in his willingness and desire to make records sound better. He was just maniacal about making the sound of the records be what we liked. He did have the drive for perfectionism to sit there and do the best that they could do. So I think working with Donald and Walter was like the perfect storm. They all had this drive and... Donald and Walter had this vision and my dad was the only one that probably had the patience to help them like like bring this you know bring this vision to life Gaucho took so long to do Gaucho took so long to do my mom and dad met dated got married had me and brought me into the studio during the making of one record that was a long time and so to lose a whole song was unimaginable. It was their worst nightmare. They tried to cut it again and tried to move on and it never happened. They were never able to recreate what they lost. So they never finished it and so here we are. For a long time, most fans didn't know what the second arrangement sounded like. But then with time, that started to change as bootlegged recordings of the song began to leak onto the internet. It's not clear when these versions were made or how they got out of the studio or when they were first shared online, but they show us how the song evolved and what it might have sounded like. The earliest is rough and sparse. It's a demo of the song in clearly what's an early state, and it's just got Donald Fagan singing over a piano and bass. The lyrics, written by Becker and Fagan, would undergo changes in the future. Lines like, Ciao Bongiorno Baby, would disappear somewhere down the line. And the chorus in this version has Donald singing the eponymous line in this higher register. In later versions, we can see how Steely Dan took the bones of this song and turned it into something special. This is a version that was likely ripped from a cassette. 
It's obviously further down the line of production. You can hear there's more instrumentation. The song now opens with this incredibly catchy guitar hook, which leads into the verse. And it's driven by these bouncy drums that situate the song in 1979. The chorus is now alive as, as Donald is surrounded by backing vocals. And though it's more complete, this version's still pretty lo-fi. It's got that crunchy cassette sound and the audio warps in sections. And it's really held back by the limits of the cassette it was recorded onto. And then there's this instrumental version, which is commonly said to be a re-recording of the song after it was erased, when Steely Dan were trying to recapture what they'd lost. And I think that comes across in the audio. You can hear that the feel is different, the drums are different. The song's not completed yet as well. There's no catchy guitar hook. And despite the shortcomings of these different bootleg versions, With time, the second arrangement has built a devoted following on the internet. These versions are just poured over online. People make covers of them. They mash the different versions together. They take the vocals from one and and the instruments from another to see what sounds best. They train AI models to improve the quality of the singing. The desire to hear this song in good quality is so immense. I've scrolled through hundreds of Facebook posts and YouTube comments and Reddit threads. And people describe it as agonizing. And Roger's daughter, Simsy, when she posted that picture onto Facebook, she was teasing an end to that. Uh, Do you have it? Simsy, can you show him? Connie says the cassette came home with Roger the night before the song was recorded over. I mean, did you, did he ever talk about it? Did he ever did he ever go back and listen to it or anything, or just put it in? No, 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 he didn't. He didn't. First of all, he, he wouldn't listen to a cassette unless he sent me out a gun to his head. <laughs> How come? <laughs> because a cassette, he couldn't stand the noise on the cassette. He was very much against noise on any recording. Mm. Yeah. Right. So that's why he threw it in my desk because he could just forget about it, I think. And then I forgot about it. I actually forgot all about it. Well... I guess my question for you would be like, I guess, why'd you keep it for 40 years? Well, it had your dad's handwriting on it for one thing. And it was, as you know, when he died, it was hard to throw anything away that had his handwriting on it. We just were so devastated. The recording industry is mourning the loss of one of the best set of ears in the business. Here, Roger is reverently eulogized by NPR's Michelle Norris for All Things Considered in 2011. He was 66 years old. The sound engineer Roger Nichols died earlier this month after a long battle with pancreatic cancer. During his life, Roger won seven Grammy Awards, six for his work with Steely Dan and one with John Denver. He went on to win his eighth a year after his death. People still come up to me. Even with tears in their eyes, and they still, like, he was such a powerful human. Like, when he walked in the room, you could feel it. 
Yeah. And he told bad jokes and there'd be really hard moments in the studio. And then he would just tell some really stupid, dumb joke. That was a big part of his being, I think, his jokes. Do you remember any like that he had? <laughs> There's a video of me and I have to even look because I don't, what was it? You brought this up, don't look at me. I said it in a speech at the Grammys. Well, I wish Roger was here to get this, but he was a fun guy <laughs> and not the mold. Roger was a fun guy with his carefully crafted insider puns such as the triple entendre with the punchline, barbiturate. To the utterly mundane, fun guy. This is Connie speaking at the 2012 Grammys, where Roger won the technical award, which honoured his outstanding contributions to the field of audio recording. Because it was not just Roger's puns that were carefully crafted. As Connie says during her speech, it was everything. Roger's philosophy was simple. Strive for perfection in everything you do, and you will never have any regrets. For over 30 years, I watched him perfect this philosophy. Besides her, Simsy fights back tears. He could make devices that draw non-sinusoidal current and abrupt pulses seem as interesting as scuba diving brain coral on the Great Barrier Reef with John Denver, which we did. He had a wide range of knowledge. He wasn't just a recording engineer. He was a scuba instructor. He knew a lot about airplanes. He knew a lot about boats. He could build a car. And he was a nuclear engineer before he was a sound engineer. I mean, he knew everything except how to fix his own body (laughs) at the end. And we love him and miss him every day. You should also know that things did not end well with Roger and Donald and Walter. On top of his illness, Connie says that Roger was also haunted by the ending of his relationship with Steely Dan. We have our side of the story. Uh, I don't know what their side of the story is, but it did end pretty heartbreakingly for my dad. He was fired by the band in 2002. Because we saw him and he was totally beaten down, totally. He never really recovered from that. It was just an emotional dagger to his heart and soul in a way. So I made it my mission to finish some things I feel like he didn't get to finish. It was like created a fire in me to make sure his legacy was solid and that he got the notoriety he deserved. When did you start the Facebook page? Um, Well, I think we started it when he was sick. So I feel like we started it in 2010. And so the Facebook page became this place where Simsy could put all of the videos and home recordings and photos that Roger had left behind. Hi, I'm me, and we're here, and it's now. Later, I won't be me, we won't be here, and it won't be now. You won't be you? No. Who will you be? I don't know. Tune in later and find out. Say, hi, I'm Connie, and I'm old as Methuselah. Hi, I'm Connie, and I'm going to kick Roger in the you-know-whats if he doesn't start him out. Mom? Who are you? I think Simsy. Simsy. What Christmas is this? I am. What year is this? 1989. 
And then in 2020, she posts a picture of the tape. Now, let's talk about the moment in time where I posted this on Facebook. The height of a global pandemic. I am not leaving my house. So Simsy has this tape that everyone wants to hear, but it's not like it's as easy as throwing it into a Walkman or a tape player and hitting play. This cassette's 40 years old. Now, mind you, at this moment, we still had never played it. For the 40 years we had had this cassette tape. What if she played it and it was ruined? Being my father's daughter, I knew I had to take it to a professional because if it only played once and there was something on it, I needed somebody to record it as they were playing it just in case, right? So she waited until she could. Then I got nervous, like, what if nothing's on it? I've created this whole storm on the internet. People were messaging me the whole time. I would post something and they'd be like, Awesome. So what about the tape? Oh, this is great. We love the photo. Hey, have you gotten to that tape yet? I, I love that there was something that they loved, that they wanted so much that they they felt that they, <laughs> they just kept wanting to ask me about it. It ended up taking Simsy more than a year before she was able to get the tape to a studio. <laughs> okay, and we're rolling. Okay, so, what is this? <laughs> what is this? <laughs> I went to an archiving studio, and I had my friend come and film it. So I was like, we have to film this moment. <laughs> There's so much buildup. We are at United Recording, getting ready to see what's on this, this tape. My sister Ashley flew out to help me do this. I needed emotional support. I was like, you have to come with me to do this. I was on Zoom. I was on Zoom. (laughs) Mama's mama's in the room. Hit play. Okay, hit play. Do it. Is it, this is it? Do it. I don't know if I can hit it. Do it. Ashley, you hit it. No, you hit it. (laughs) That moment before they hit play is tense and exciting. All right, here we go. Let's see what we got on this thing. The machine spins. We got tape this. And they hear it. And it sounded great. It sounded beautiful. For being on a 40-year-old cassette tape, the song sounded beautiful. As it plays, Simsy throws her hands into the air with joy. The cassette contains what everyone hoped it would, a new version of the song similar to those on the internet, but now graced with sharpness and clarity. The emotion of the moment is almost as loud as the song itself. (laughs) So intense. Oh yeah, it was a moment. It was kind of like Roger stepped into the room again. And although that moment was everything that everyone hoped it would be, when it passed, for Simsy, one big question was replaced with another. Now what? Now that there's something on the tape, now what do we do with it? And for a long time, she didn't have an answer. 
Coming up after the break, she finally finds one. There's a lot of noise around the Indigenous voice to Parliament. The voice. The voice. The voice. An Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander voice. The voice. The voice. The voice. With Australians going to the polls before the end of the year, the Prime Minister says it's up to you to decide. The success of this referendum will depend on millions of conversations, reassuring Australians of all backgrounds and all faiths and beliefs. I'm Laura Murphy-Oates and I'm here to tell you about The Voice AMA, a special podcast series we're making here at Guardian Australia where you ask the questions about The Voice and we give you the answers. Each fortnight, I'll be joined by a panel of elders, journalists, constitutional experts, activists, academics and more to answer your questions and cut through the noise. Look out for The Voice AMA in your full story podcast feed. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Finding your perfect home was hard, but thanks to Burrow, furnishing it has never been easier. Burrow's easy-to-assemble modular sofas and sectionals are made from premium, durable materials, including stain and scratch-resistant fabrics. So they're not just comfortable and stylish, they're built to last. Plus, every single Burrow order ships free right to your door. Right now, get 15% off your first order at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's 15% off at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, everybody. Simpsy Nichols here. The next time I spoke to Simpsy, it was over a year later. So fast forward now to 2023. In a couple weeks, around my birthday, June 23rd, I'm going to be finally sharing a cassette that I had digitized. I'm going to apologize for the delay. Life decided to life. And I've been working through a divorce the past couple years. Actually put me through the ringer. Excuse me for stalling. It wasn't on purpose. Time for butterflies. I spoke to Simsy a few days before she was going to share her audio on the Steely Dan newsletter, Expanding Dan. Like, everything must go. I'm feeling the energy to just get rid of all this stuff I've been holding on to now for over a decade and just move on with my life. Like, there's all this other stuff I want to do, so it's time to move on from my dad's stuff. But she had an even bigger surprise. Actually, I don't know how to word this, but long story short... She had another tape that was floating around her dad's things. And I thought that would just be a copy of the cassette tape... Don't ever assume. (laughs) Double check and triple check everything. So he, where'd it come from? 
What is it? <laughs> I don't know where this copy came from. Wow. It's like Clue. This recording is still a bit of a mystery. What she found was a digital audio tape, a physical tape that looks similar to a cassette but is recorded digitally. And this technology wasn't even introduced until 1987, so whenever this copy was made, it was years after the song was erased back in 1979. So I actually went back to United Recording at the beginning of this year and I transferred this DAT tape that I found... And the DAT tape has an even better sounding version <laughs> of the second arrangement. <laughs> but I didn't post that online because I've learned my lesson. <laughs> and yes, it's the best sounding copy I've ever heard. And it's so good. I've actually been jamming out to it in the kitchen and living room. It's actually really good. It is a good song. Yeah, it's, it's a really good, good song. song. It's a really good song. and she's right it is the best sounding copy ever heard the clarity of the song after all these years of listening to the other lesser bootlegs to me at least is stunning It's not perfect and it's not what would have been released, but it's probably the closest to it we'll ever get. I think the story is you, Cynthia, honestly, at this point. I, I would just say that Roger had some good karma because look how much his daughters love him and want to keep his memory alive. I mean, to me, that's the story, and that's like a, that that hasn't dimmed at all because the story's still there. Point being that somebody that unique doesn't go quietly in the night in anybody's memory. You know, I really love Steely Dan and their music. But until I started going down this rabbit hole, to be honest, I'd, I'd never heard the name Roger Nichols, or if I had, I never looked into it. I think this reinforces this idea that's often the case if you dig a little deeper behind names that we know, names like Steely Dan. All the success, a lot of it couldn't be done without people behind the scenes, people like Roger. We really would love a documentary made about our dad. And if there's a documentary about pizza, there could totally be a documentary about our dad. Because our dad is as cool as pizza. That's all for today. In this episode, you heard an interview excerpt from the Robert Klein radio show from Froben Productions and Silver Screen Records. You also heard an excerpt from All Things Considered from National Public Radio. The 
The song The Second Arrangement by Stilly Dan has words and music by Donald Fagan and Walter Becker. It was recorded for MCA Records, now Universal, and was produced by Gary Katz. There's a version of this story that I wrote for Guardian Australia that you can view on the website. We'll throw a link to that on the full story page. Sound design in this episode was by me, and it was produced by myself and Karishma Luthria. The executive producers for this episode were Hannah Parks and Miles Martignoni. Okay, catch you later. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.